darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is Awesome and power, our God, our God. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you.
awesome in power, our God, our God, our God. You can be seated as we continue this morning, singing about the reasons that we have to rejoice in the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name.
of our God. Aren't you excited to be here and worship the great God of the universe? Amen. That's why we've come together to meet with God Almighty himself this morning. We're so glad that you're here this morning. As our choir exits, I'd like to just give you a few announcements. First of all, I'd like to ask you to pass the friendship folders, and uh, that helps us keep a record of our, all of us today. So if you'd pass those at, that, at this time, that would greatly help us. Also, just a few announcements. First of all, our birthday gift to Jesus offering has gone over. We have uh, gone over the 70,000. We're over 80. Let's give our God a hand. Amen? How exciting. We're at, uh, I think we're close to $81,000, so that is exciting. We encourage you to continue to give. If uh, God has so prompted you and you would like to continue to give, just please mark it. Birthday gift to Jesus or Christmas offering, and we will... I continue to put it towards our missionaries. As I've been out on the field in several of these places, and you see that, that uh, these people uh, are, are depending on God. And when you hear them say, wow, your church sent me a check for $1,000. Your church sent me a check for $3,000. That is just so exciting because they weren't expecting it. And then all of a sudden they get this, this awesome gift. So God has laid it on your hearts to provide their needs, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, just a few announcements. Uh, we're getting excited about some equipping classes. We're calling these equipping classes because we'd like to like you to get equipped for the Christian life. And so we're starting out with a few. This is uh, kind of something new for us. We're starting out with a few of them, and these are these are classes that will be offered uh, here on Sunday morning, and uh, and they'll be outside the service. So if you if you pick a class, we encourage you to go to the class, and then at the opposite hour, take the uh, take in a service. So. For example, Eternity 101 is a uh, class on heaven. This is based on Randy Alcorn's material from uh, uh, his book called Heaven. You know, a lot of people have uh, know how to get to heaven, but we don't know what heaven's going to be like. Uh, some people ask me, "Why well, really have to be on a cloud with a harp for eternity?" And the answer is no. You won't have to be on a cloud with a harp for eternity. You're, it's kind of exciting what God has in store for us in heaven. But Chuck Green will be uh, teaching and facilitating that class. So we'd like to encourage you, if you'd like to be a part of that, Sunday 
February 17th, that will begin, and that's a 12-week course. Uh, another course is called Fearless. This is based on Max Lucado's uh, Fearless, his book called Fearless. And uh, this is going to be facilitated by Mike Baines, our bass player, right? And uh, Mike, raise your hand there. So everybody, oh, there he is, all right? Mike will, uh, Mike will be uh, sharing in that class, and that is a seven-week course. And that will begin on February 17th as well. That will be at the 11 o'clock hour. And then also is Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University is the Dave Ramsey material. This is uh, Dave Ramsey's. And you'll notice there's a cost of $89 there. That's for your course materials. And, and uh, Financial Peace, that's what they tell us that you have to have. And so we'll be able to get those materials and all that for you. But, you know, a lot of times when you come to church, the only thing you hear about money is how to tithe, you know. Here's the 10%. It belongs to God. Well, we don't often tell you what to do with the other 90%, you know. And uh, what we want to do with Financial Peace University is help you with the other 90% how to manage your finances from God's perspective. And so uh, this will be a DVD, uh, Dave Ramsey via DVD, but Audie, Addie, Audie, if you'll raise your hand. Audie, all right, commonly known as Winston T. these days, but uh, from our dinner theater. But uh, Audie, Addie will be uh, facilitating that class. And uh, we, we encourage you, if, uh, if that interests you, to be a part of that. You'll notice it says there the average turnaround is $8,000 in 90 days. That's what Dave Ramsey claims. And I said, uh, I guess you have to have 8000 coming in first, all right, to, to turn around that much fast. But uh, there, that's, a, that's an interesting statement, $8,000 turnaround in 90 days. And we'll just see uh, how God could bless, bless the people of our church as we take... Uh, some practical Christian living tips here. So if you'd like to be a part of those, just rip off the bottom of the paper there. It has a place for your name and for a class, and just write, write in the class you're interested in. Rip it off, put it in the offering plate, or put it in the offering box as it comes your way, this, uh, the offering box as you leave this, this morning. Also on the back, you'll notice there's several classes being offered on Tuesday. There's uh, divorce care. This is for um, if, if you're divorced, uh, going through a divorce or been divorced and would like a little bit extra help and care through the recovering process, that is, uh, that is, that's what that class is for. So maybe you know somebody that this could help in the community. Let's encourage them to come up to there as well. Also, grief share. We've had a lot of loss. Now, I look around the church, and I, can, I just see so many people that have gone through so much uh, pain in the recent, probably the past two years, seen so many people that have gone on to heaven, and a lot of families are grieving. So we want to be able to help you with uh, grief share, and that's, that's what grief share is all about, so that you can come in and, um, and find uh, how to deal with that from a biblical perspective, and that will be taught by Pastor Al Fenny. So a lot of exciting things coming up in the days ahead. So we encourage you to jump in and get involved and be a part of things. Um, tonight, actually not tonight, it's this morning, isn't it? This morning I'd like to call the ushers forward to receive the morning offering. And let's all stand together as we receive the morning offering. Our Father and our God, we come before you and we thank you, Lord. It's a joy and a privilege to be here and to be uh, called your, your children, Lord. Thank you that you've given us 100% of what we have. And Lord, as we offer back to you this 10% or tithes and our offering, Lord, we come before you and we humble ourselves and we say thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you for all that you've given to me this day. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for your greatness. The greatness of our God. I'll spend my whole life 
trying to know your greatness, Lord. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, please. When I lose my way and I forget my name, remind me who I am. In the mirror, all I see is who I don't want to be. Remind me who I am. In the loneliest places, when I can't remember what grace is. Tell me. Once again, who I am to you, who I am to you. Tell me, lest I forget who I am to you, that I belong to you. To you. When my heart is like a stone, Running far from home, remind me who I am. When I can't receive your love, afraid I'll never be enough. Remind me who I am. If I'm your beloved, can you help me to believe it? Tell me once again. Thank you, Dan Lindsay. Powerful words to that song, aren't it? It's incredible. Tell me who I am. I belong to you. Uh, this morning, Pastor is away in Texas, and you can read that in the Courier. He's at a church planning conference this week, and uh, he'll be he, he's on a, some board that helps these church planners down there. So he'll be speaking. I know he's speaking at a church today, and he'll be speaking at this little conference this week. 
and, uh, and making a few visits down there in Texas. So this morning he has asked one of our members, Chuck Green, to speak. So let's welcome Chuck Green this morning. Thanks. Well, I'm doing something this week that I've never done before. I'm actually using my Kindle Fire as my Bible. So it is the Bible, though. <laughs> it's just electronic. I'd like you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And I will be reading um, to Matthew t- uh, 7, 27. If you want to follow along on the screen, you can also. But as you're turning there, I just wanted to give you a little background of what these verses are. Really, these verses are the conclusion to a sermon. We know that Jesus preached, he taught, he taught one-on-one, he taught in small groups, but he also preached to the masses. And these verses here are the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount that he had preached to a lot of people. If you can imagine Jesus on a mountain and just thousands of people sitting there and children, women, men, and they come to hear him preach. And Jesus, even though he preached a lot, we don't find a lot of his entire sermons in Scripture either, a complete manuscript of what he taught. Uh, There's only a few of them, and this is one of them. So when we read these last verses in Matthew chapter 7, what what we're reading is the conclusion or invitation, invitation to his Sermon on the Mount. So this is Jesus speaking at the end of his sermon. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods come, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we just study your word over the next few moments, I just pray that your spirit would be here in a mighty way, that you would give us what we need. As a congregation here, Lord, we need things as a congregation, but as individuals of this, con- this congregation, our needs are very different. Lord, I know that there are people here today who need peace. There are people here today who need joy. There are people here today who need hope. There are people here today who need strength. There are people here today who need wisdom. And Lord, I cannot possibly, in my human efforts, touch those needs, to help with those needs. So I just pray that your Holy Spirit, through the going forth of your word, that it would give us individually and corporately, what we need to glorify you, to be more like Christ, 
to build your kingdom and seek your righteousness. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He, at the end of his sermon here, he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings or hears my words. What was his words? They're familiar words. You've heard the words before. The sermon begins with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when you are persecuted, reviled, and spoken evilly of, falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice exceedingly, for your reward in heaven is great. For you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its flavor, what good is it except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot? For you are the light of the world. For a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, and no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but instead puts it on a lamp stand so that all might see light in the house. You likewise let your light shine through your good works that your heavenly Father might be glorified. For I did not come to destroy the law, for I came to fulfill it. Heaven and earth will pass away, but every jot and punctuation of the law will be fulfilled. He who breaks the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But he who keeps these commandments and teaches men so shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Make no mistake, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, or you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You have heard it been said, Thou shalt not commit murder, or you will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, that any man who is angry with his brother without just cause is already in danger of the judgment. And if he says, Rekha, he is in danger of the council. And if he says, you fool, he is in danger of hellfire. So if you bring your gift to the altar, and you remember that your brother has something against you, first, Go be reconciled with your brother and then bring your gift to the altar and agree with your adversary on your way to the judge or he will deliver you to the jailer and you will not get out until you pay back every last penny. You have heard it been said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you that any man who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. So if your right eye Offendeth you, pluck it out, for it is better for one of your members to perish than the whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand offendeth you, cut it off, for it is better for one of your members to perish than the whole body to be cast into hell. You have heard it been said that if a man divorces a wife, divorces a woman, he must give her a writ of divorce. 
But I say to you that if any man divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, he causes her to commit adultery in the one to whom she remarries. You have heard it been said, you shall not bear false witness and you shall keep your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear by heaven for it is his throne and do not swear by earth for it is his footstool and do not swear by Jerusalem for it is the city of the great kings and do not even swear by your own head because you, you, cannot, make one hair, do, you cannot make one hair black or white So let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else is from the wicked one. You have heard it been said. You have heard it been said. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn to him your left. If someone wishes to sue you for your tunic, give him your cloak. If someone compels you to walk a mile with them, walk an extra mile. If someone wishes to borrow money, lend it. If someone asks for money, give it. Do not turn away. You have heard up and said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who despitefully use you so that you will be like children of your father. For he causes the sun to shine on the evil and the good. And he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So if you merely love your neighbor, what good is that? Do not the tax collectors do that? And if you merely greet your brethren, what good is that? Do not the tax collectors do that? So you be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Take heed. Do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen of men, or you will have no reward with your heavenly Father. Do not be like the hypocrite who sounds the trumpet before him in the streets in the synagogues to be seen of men as doing charitable deeds, for he has his reward with men. But when you do your charitable deeds, do not let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And your heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward you himself openly. And when you pray... Don't pray like the hypocrite who stands in the street corners and synagogues to be seen of men as praying. For he has, truly he has his reward with men. So when you pray, I want you to go to your house. You shut your door. You go in your closet. You go in your secret place. And your heavenly father who hears in secret will reward you openly. And do not pray in vain repetition like the heathen, for he thinks because of his many words he will be heard. Don't pray like that. For your heavenly Father knows what you need before you even ask. So I want you to pray this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgiveth our, forgiveth our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive your trespasses. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will not forgive your trespasses. When you fast, do not fast like the hypocrite who disfigures his face and carries a sad countenance. He has his reward with men. But when you fast, you wash your face, you anoint your head with oil, And your heavenly Father, who sees in secret, will reward you himself openly. And do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not corrupt, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where a man's treasure is, There is his heart also, for the eye is the lamp to the body. And if the eye be good, the whole body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. And if your light is darkness, how great is the darkness? For no man can serve two masters. He will love the one and hate the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. For you cannot serve God and money. Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink, nor the body, what you shall wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the birds of the field, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor store in barns, but your heavenly Father takes care of them. And are you not greater than these? O ye of little faith, for which one of you by wearing can add one more day to your life? And concerning clothing, consider the lilies of the field. I tell you this, that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like these. So if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and burned up in the oven tomorrow, will he not clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. So do not say to yourself, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For these are the things that the Gentile worries about. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. For do not worry about tomorrow. For today has enough troubles of its own. Judge not, that you not be judged. For the same manner you judge others, you yourself will be judged. In the same measure you measure others, you yourself will be measured. And why do you worry about the speck in your brother's eye? And you have a beam or a log in your own eye. And you say to your brother, here, let me get that speck out of your eye. Hypocrite, you have a log in your own eye. 
First, remove that log from your own eye, and then you will see clearly how to help your brother remove the speck from his eye. Do not give that which is precious to dogs or cast your pearls to the swine, else they trample them underfoot and turn upon you and gnash you to pieces. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be opened unto you. For which one of you, when your son asks you for a piece of bread, do you give him a stone? No. Or if he says, can I have a piece of fish? Do you, do you hand him a serpent? No. So you, being evil, know how to give good things to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to his children if they ask? Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. For this is the law of the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for broad is the gate, and wide is the way that leads to destruction. And many go that way, because narrow is the gate, and difficult the way to life. And few find it. Beware of false teachers, for they will come to you as wolves in sheep's clothing. But you will know them by their fruits. For you don't pick grapes from the thorns and figs from the thistles. A good tree will bear good fruit. A bad tree will bear bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. Any tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and cast into the fire. Not everyone who says to me on that day, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Many will say on that day, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do great and mighty works in your name? And I will say to them, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, for I never knew you. Then, the conclusion of the message, he who hears my words and does them will be like the wise man who builds his house on the rock and when the rains descend and the flood waters rise and the wind beats against the house, it stands because it is built on the rock. But he who hears my words and does not do them, he is like the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And when the rains descend and the flood waters rise and the wind beats against the house, it falls. And great is that fall. That was his sermon. When he said, he who hears my sayings, in that verse that we see up there on the board, that was his saying. That's what he told the people out there. I have to admit, when I was a young Christian, and I, I, I became a Christian when I was fairly young, I heard this verse, 
in this group of verse, verses that scared me. And you heard them today too. And the verses were, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me on that day, did I not prophesy or preach? Did I not do great works? Did I not cast out demons in your name? And I will say to them, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. I have to admit, when I heard that as a young Christian, when I heard that when I was young too, I wasn't even quite a teenager yet, that scared me. It did. Because I thought to myself, I'm a new Christian. I'm not even a teenager yet. And here, there's this group of people who have lived their entire adult life who, who probably understand and they, they profess to know Jesus. They work for Jesus. They preach. They, they try to do good works. And yet, at the end of it all, they hear, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. That scared me. I mean, it really did. It, it really did. But it shouldn't scare us. Because I'll tell you why. What Scripture says and what Jesus said, but he who does the will of my Father. What is the will of the Father? The will of the Father is that all men come to repentance. That's what we see in Peter. That's what he says. Wishing that none should perish, but that all men should come to repentance. The Father that Jesus is preaching about here wants every single person in this room today to come to repentance and not rely on themselves. I want you to hear what that person said. Scripture says, it is appointed once for a man to die than to be judged. So we all stand before the Father one day. And listen to what that person said to the Father. Lord, did I not prophesy? Did you hear the I? Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do great and mighty works? Did you hear that? The key to that sentence is I. And the thing that Jesus is saying here is too many eyes. Too many eyes. And I'm here today to tell you that if on that day you stand before the Father and you plan on saying to the Father, Lord, did I not go to church? Lord, was I not a member? Lord, did I not put money into the basket when it came by? Lord, did I not go to my job? Lord, did I not be kind to people? Lord, did I not be a good husband or wife? Did I, did I, did I? See, what Jesus taught in the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, did you hear what he said? Be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Who here is perfect? 
no one. What Jesus was saying is, my standard for righteousness, my standard is so high, you can't obtain it. Did you hear what he said? You have heard it been said, thou shalt not commit murder, or you will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, that if you are angry with your brother without just cause, you are already in danger of the judgment. See, what they were taught is don't murder. What Jesus is saying is that's not the standard for righteousness. That's not the standard for innocence. That's not the standard for goodness to stand before the Father. That standard's too low. That standard no one can achieve. That's why he says, don't worry, be anxious for nothing. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The Father's righteousness is Christ. See, when we come here and we seek his righteousness, we are ceasing from our own human efforts because our own human efforts cannot make us innocent, good to the level that is acceptable to the Father. That is what the cross is all about. It's an exchange. On that day, on that day, when I confessed with my mouth in prayer, prayerfully, that Jesus was Lord and believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead, Scripture said I was saved. And what happened on that day and what the Apostle Paul teaches also is there was an exchange that took place. I took my lack of righteousness, my lack of innocence, my lack of goodness, and I gave it to Christ. In exchange, Christ gave me the Father's righteousness. He gave me Christ's righteousness. It was an exchange. It was a good exchange for me. <laughs> Not so good for him, but he loved me and he did it anyway. But it was an exchange. So what I do is I no longer strive to be I no longer strive in my own human effort. I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And that's what the will of the Father is. So when someone is doing that, when they, are, when they make that profession of faith, when they confess him as Lord, when they believe that he rose from the dead, they, they take that first step of receiving his righteousness in their life. And then prayerfully, prayerfully asking, seeking, knocking, seeking his kingdom, building his kingdom. Let men see your good works so that they will glorify who? Not you as the hypocrite, but the Father. See, that's the difference. The eye is gone. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But we see is, he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to build. I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Can we go to the next slide? I was searching the internet, looking for a rock with a building on it, for today's presentation, and I thought to myself, "Now that is a rock." <laughs> I uh, I looked at that. I looked at a lot of different pictures, and I saw that, and I said. Now that is a rock. If a storm comes and I have to have a building somewhere 
and the floodwaters are going to rise and the winds are going to beat against the house and the rains are going to come down hard. I want my house on top of that. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, he's saying, what's interesting is, he says, when the flood, when the rains come, when the floodwaters rise and the, when the wind beats against the house, it stands because it is built on the rock. What you, what you don't see here is Jesus saying, if the rains come, if the floodwaters rise, if the wind beats against the house. Because we all know in life there are storms. They're going to come. They might be little tiny storms. They might be medium storms. They might be big storms. They may be hurricanes. They may be hurricanes colliding simultaneously in a perfect storm. They just are going to come. They come. They come in so many different ways. You know, in our economy today, today they come in, uh, you go to work and your boss, that boss asks you to come in to the office, he needs to talk to you and you walk in and, and someone from human resources is sitting next to your boss. You know what that means? It means today's your last day at work. It's a storm. Or maybe an unemployment running out. It's a storm. It's a financial storm. Medical bills piling up or um, unexpected expenses. It's a financial storm. Financial storms come. But there are health storms too. Sir, ma'am, we saw something on your MRI we didn't like. Uh, we did some blood work on your son and something has us concerned. Or we did that x-ray on your daughter and uh, we need to do a little more looking. There's storms. There's health storms. There's relationship storms. We as human beings are flawed. There's conflict sometimes between father and son, daughter and mother, brother and brother, sister and sister, brother and sister. Don't they come? Family's hard sometimes, isn't it? Don't we see those storms? And there's nothing we can do sometimes to calm them storms. There's storms in marital life. We see that. Do you know how many spouses, you know how many wives or husbands have heard their spouse say to them, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to be with you anymore. I found someone else. There's storms. It's not if they come. It's when they come. That's what Jesus is saying here. Is they're going to come. They're coming. But if you hear my words, if you hear my words and obey my words, when they come, when those rains come, when those floodwaters rise, when that wind beats against the house, it, your house will stand. It will stand because why? It is built on the rock. It is built on the rock. But what's interesting about that, that what I call the scary passage, <laughs> depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, I never knew you. What's interesting about that is we're to seek his kingdom. 
That is his will. We're to seek his righteousness. That is the will of the Father. But how do you get to know someone really? There is only one way to really intimately get to know someone. And that's you talk to them. You talk to them often. And you talk to them honestly and transparently. That's the only way. So when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, when you look at where he taught them to pray, he said, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you look at those instructions and those teachings of Christ, they are right in the middle of his sermon. It's like everything led up to that, to the middle part of the sermon, and everything built on that. That that is how you get to know someone. You talk to them. You have confession with them. You, You tell them what you need. You tell them how you feel. You give praise. It's very simple. And what he's saying here is, you have to forget about all this self-righteous appearance before men, trying to please men, to look good before men, to keep this list so you can stand before me and say, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did this. That's not it. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you receive Christ's righteousness, and then the whole direction of your life changes. Because rather than seeking your own glory, you're seeking the Father's glory so that they might glorify who? Your Father. You're not seeking your own kingdom and your own dreams and building your own empire. You're seeking His kingdom and His dreams. And the only way, really, to get to know someone, as I said, is to talk to them, is to, and really, the, my favorite prayer passage, my favorite prayer passage is the part where he says, it's not where he teaches us how to pray, it's he explains how the Father views our prayers, and that's what he says, ask, and you will receive, seek, and you will find knock and it'll be opened unto you if you ask you will receive if you seek you will find if you knock it'll be open unto you for which one of you when your son asks you for a piece of bread do you give him a stone what he's saying here is yeah i taught you how to pray in the middle part but i want you to know when you talk to the father and you're getting to know him and he's getting to know you and you are seeking his kingdom and his righteousness when you're doing all that he views you as his son. And if you give good things to your son or daughter and you are evil, how much more is he going to do for you if you ask? I love that. There, there is, I have to admit my kids are older now and uh, my, my youngest will be 18 in 13 months. So in 13 months, all three of my kids will be legal adults. And I have to admit, I miss the days they used to ask me for simple things. When we'd be driving down the road and they would say, 
Dad, can we get a Happy Meal? I want a Happy Meal. I want nuggets. I want the hamburger. I want the fries. Don't forget the girl toy, you know, <laughs> for Sarah, the boys, you know. Get the right toy. Can I have a quarter for a gumball machine? You know, just the little things. And me being evil, did I not give good things to my children? Did I, ah, here's a quarter. Y'all have your quarter. And that's what Jesus is saying here is, he's saying you have to understand something. When, when you are seeking my kingdom, when you are seeking the glorification of my father, when you are ceased from the efforts of putting on this show of self-righteousness in front of people and cease to relying on your own goodness and innocence to stand before me, and you start asking me for things that are going to build your kingdom or build my kingdom, asking me for things that are going to bring glory to the Father, asking me for things that are going to make you more like Christ, I am going to give you those things. Maybe not instantaneously. Maybe you're not ready for some of those things, but maybe you are ready for some of those things right now. And that's, that's why it's my, one of my favorite passages. Ask and you'll receive. Because when my kids, if they ask for food, I didn't hand them a stone. I didn't hand them a serpent. And God the Father is the same way. And everyone here today has needs. We have needs. Real needs. We need things in our lives that will bring glory to the Father. We need things in our lives that will build His kingdom. We need things in our lives that will make us more like Christ. We need them, whether it is hope, joy, peace, peace, strength, wisdom. We all need and have needs in our lives. And what I'm saying to you today and what Jesus taught is when you are going down that path, hearing his words and obeying, that's what he says. It's just not hearing his sayings. He who hears my words and does them. When you're going down that path, he will give you all you need. He will not hold anything back. Just like you, if you, your children had needs, real needs, I'm not talking a need for a Corvette or something like that, but if they have real needs, will we not give our children those needs? Will we not meet those needs? And what Jesus is saying here is, if you are seeking my kingdom and my righteousness, those needs are going to be met. I am sure today there stand, or I should say there sits people in this congregation who can give a testimony of how storms have come in their life, how rains have descended, and how floodwaters have risen, and how winds have beat against their house, and praise God, their house stood because they were built they built their house on the rock they built their house on Christ's teachings and they built their their house on not only Christ's teachings but obeying his teachings ceasing 
ceasing to try to show themselves righteous before man and before God and only presenting the righteousness of Christ that they received when they confessed him as Lord and Savior in their life. But as I'm sure there are people who can give that testimony today, I'm sure there's people who sit here today who would say, Chuck, I, I, hear, I, hear, I, heard, I hear his teachings. I believe his teachings. But you know what? I, I wish I would have heard him 20 years ago. I wish I heard him 10 years ago. I wish I heard him five years ago. I wish I heard him in 2012. And you know, I thought my life was fine. And, but when the rains came and the floodwaters rose and the wind beat against my house, it was built on the sand. And everything got washed away. Everything that I thought was important, everything that was important, just got washed away. And it's too late now. I want to give you a shepherd's analogy that I really like in that situation. I love the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me, I like that, maketh me, lie down in green pastures, and he leads me by still waters. The reason why shepherds would lead sheep to still waters is because sheep are dumb. <laughs> they, um, they don't have good common sense. They'd like to wander. And sometimes they would maybe bring them to a place, a watering place, that maybe had a strong current. Or the water was deep. You know, sometimes when you walk into a stream, you know, you're, you're, you're ankle deep and you take one step and then suddenly <laughs> you're over your head. Where the current is swift. I know one time I, I um, actually almost drowned uh, when I was in North Carolina. I got caught in the undertow, you know. Current, swift current can take you away. And you realize how powerless you are in those moments when, you, when you're carried away by water. And when you think about sheep, they have what? They have huge wool. You ever see they have, you know, just a sheep's about this big, <laughs> but yet you can't get their, your arm around them because they have so much wool. And what will happen sometimes is that wool will become very wet when, it, when the sheep would get wet. And the sheep, sheep's weight would be enormous in water. It'd be like his, his, the wool on the sheep would become like an anchor. And then in deep water and in swift current, that sheep could just easily sink to the bottom and be carried away by the current. And that happens in life when people don't build their house on the rock and the floodwaters come and their life is rushed away and they... They're not treading water. They are underwater. And what that shepherd would do, that shepherd would, that he would do, have to do is he would have to go in that water, reach down, grab that sheep, and pull that sheep 
that sheep had no ability to pull itself because it was weighted down by too much. And he would set that sheep on the rock. If you could advance the slide, I think there's a good picture of something like that. And he can do that for you. All you have to do is ask. And you do that prayerfully. Let's pray. Lord, I I just want to take a few moments. Scripture says we're supposed to examine our hearts. I, I can't examine your heart. I can't see inside your spirit. I don't know where your life is. I don't know if you're in a storm now. Maybe you came through a storm. Maybe you're about to ready to go into a storm. And I'm going to ask you, where, where, it, where have you built your house? Is it firm on the rock, on Christ's teaching? Has there been a time in your life where you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? You've, you've ceased from your own self-righteous efforts and you want his righteousness. If there's never been a time you've done that, I would ask if you, if you would like to be on the rock, I would ask you to pray from your heart to him. Dear Lord, this day I confess Jesus is Lord. He is God and he is the Lord of my life. I believe wholeheartedly in his resurrection from the dead. And I'm asking you as your son or daughter to save me, to place me on the rock and help me to build the rest of my life seeking your kingdom and your righteousness and giving glory to the Father. Scripture says if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, that you've become his son or daughter. And that your spiritual life and your your life is about to change. For he sets you back on the rock. And I would encourage you to just continue your life there. Following his teachings. Lord, I just thank you for this time and I thank you uh, for your word. As I said in my opening prayer, I don't know what anyone needs. I don't know where strength and wisdom is needed. I don't know where hope and joy and peace is needed. I don't know where salvation is needed. But I just pray that as we close this evening, that we would take time to pray about those things. For you have taught us that this place, church, you call it a house of prayer. You didn't call it a house of preaching, even though we do preaching. You didn't call it a house of teaching, even though we do teaching. You didn't call it a house of singing, even even though we do singing. And we're to do all those things, but you, you emphasize it's a house of prayer. And I just pray that no one would leave this place needing anything. 
and not asking for it. That if they need it, that this day they would ask for it. With the right motives of building your kingdom, seeking your, your righteousness, and glorifying the Father. Thank you, Father. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us, please, as we close today? Chuck, for that great challenge from the Word. Amen? Amen. We're glad you're here. Would you greet each other and welcome each other this morning? We're glad you're here. God bless you. You are dismissed.